Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Dude, what did, did Nick just change my life just now? I just realized I've been calling, I've been calling us a PPC agency. We're not even a freaking PPC agency anymore. And I just know this, this is the moment, Nick. Thank you. I have an identity crisis. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. And this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies in acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today, it's all about, yes, Kasim, yet again, we are going to talk today about Google Performance Max. And today is a very special day on Perpetual Traffic because we've got two guys on here which you and I kind of lean on a little bit for their ultra-wicked smartness and expertise. So we're pretty excited to uh, have John Moran and Nick Miller on today's Perpetual Traffic. But yeah, we're going to be talking all about Performance Max today. You guys are still pretty excited about this damn thing, aren't you? Here's the thing. We're never going to not be talking about this. So for our listeners, I know that it can get fatiguing to hear the same topic brought up over and over and over again. We're not shills. This is the biggest paradigm change in the history of traffic. And because we're the only ones talking about it, as far as I'm concerned, I think that we need to pick up this flag and kind of run with it. So I just maybe want to defend the fact that this feels mildly repetitious with this is a, a lunar landing in the marketing world. And there's so much that we're learning, so much to learn. And I, I feel the need to defend our love affair with Google's new product. and But not with Google, by the way. There's a whole bunch of things we were talking right before we started rolling. There's a whole bunch of crap that Google's doing wrong, horribly wrong in some instances, and, and we need to contend with those things too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this thing about Performance Max in particular uh, is that you guys, especially you and John specifically, and I think Nick to a, to a certain degree, myself, like we're all skeptical of Google. Like we we really haven't believed Google. Dude, my course is called You versus Google. Like they're definitely yeah. yeah. No question. Like we're not like hugging them and saying, Hey, you know, we're buddying up to you because, you know, we're sucking up. Like we we have embraced that on the Facebook side because kind of what Facebook well, has told you, us you has been directionally that on the Facebook side. Well, correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we have, and it's, it's served us fairly well, but like whatever they introduce to us, like we actually, we do test it. We listen to what they have to say. We go out, we use it. And it's fundamentally, it's changed our business. A lot of the recommendations that we get from our partner manager and from the internal folks at Facebook, it hasn't always been the case with Google. So it's like if you are only a, a recent listener of this show and you're like, oh my God, these guys are just Google shills. Like, well, go over to like the Solutions 8 YouTube channel and <laughs> listen to, you know, watch a video from like a year ago and it's the exact opposite. It's like, you're like, what the hell are these guys doing? Oh, uh, here's what I just want to fix the perception that we might be Google shills. 
any recommendation that Google makes digitally or via one of their reps is categorically wrong. And that is true unless proven otherwise. So I'm definitely not here to push Google's agenda because they tell us so many things that are so flawed. But I, I do like the product. I think of Google running kind of like a small business in its infancy stage. Like there's a lot of things that are buggy. There's a lot of things that aren't deployed correctly. There's a lot of information that's been delivered to the advertisers that is opposite of what actually happens in in real life when the campaign goes live. So I think that, yes, we do talk about it a lot, but I think sometimes we have to right the wrongs that are floating in the ecosystem as to best practices. So I think that this is, you know, if nothing, just extremely valuable in to what is going to be forced upon us in July. Right. And the more we learn, the more we see we're right at the beginning. And the subtext from a lot of Google advertisers as Performance Max was being it from when it was first announced and was being rolled out. A lot of people thought that Google's lost the plot, that they're engineers, they're not advertisers, they're jumping the shark, they're taking away all the controls, they're trying to make Google ads so easy that you can just press a button. But when you guys, we, we saw initially that you guys were testing Performance Max, the beta version, and you were getting so excited. And then we realized the potential here and what this is going to become. And it was like, oh my God, we we got it. And this this is a complete paradigm shift, as you said, Kasim. And it's really exciting. Yeah, there's there's a complete flip-flop of everything that everyone ever knew about Google ever. <laughs> and I can't state I can't state that enough. Um, if there's one great way to to phrase what Performance Max did is Instead of trying to make a channel work and trying to optimize your campaigns for a specific channel, what I mean by that is either you know, search or YouTube or display, you're now going after a person. You're targeting a person Audience. or a type of person. You're not trying, yeah, exactly. You're looking for a person, not trying to be the placement on a channel. And I think it's been extremely difficult for a lot of advertisers to say, well, well, how do I put a SCAG, a uh, single keyword ad group in Performance Max? It's like, you have to forget all that. Uh, you have to, you, you, you now are targeting an audience. You're not trying to manipulate a channel. And I think that that's been the hurdle that people cannot, cannot jump. It, it's people over placement. Really, it, it is. And it, now it becomes like your avatar and your creative and all the interests and everything else that go along with it. And letting a certain amount of control go to the six or seven or however many you really want to sort of count it, like placements on Google, which is exactly what Facebook did way back when, when it started adding more and more and more placements. So it's like if you can relinquish that control, you can allow the algorithm and the AI to actually start working on your behalf. But for I think for some people, that's a bit of a challenge. So I just wanted to make sure that, yeah, this is the sixth or seventh or eighth time we talked about it on this show. Well, the show is about traffic. <laughs> so at the end of the day, but like we're very skeptical of anything that comes out from Google, especially, and even Facebook. But I think Facebook has been a little bit more directional. So I'm just saying that for any listener who maybe has listened to previous shows, they're like, oh, we're talking about Performance Max again. Well, we're talking about it because it's good for you. Like you as an advertiser, you as a marketer, you need to know this stuff because what we're saying here in today's show actually runs counter to what a lot of gurus, and I'm air quoting that, as well as like Google itself isn't very good at thinking about its own products and like how they can be used. I haven't really seen that. So this is a platform for us to do that. 
And yeah, we are going to be force feeding you more Performance Max over the course of the next coming months and certainly today. So before we get into today's show, we want to get a zinger, a nugget, a nugget of gold from both of you guys, because you guys are in the trenches. You are doing the stuff every single day. Not to put any pressure on you, but yeah, we might sound like Google shills here. We're not. But the point is, is you guys are running now hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of traffic on this platform. And what have you seen? What can you tell the listeners in a little bite-sized snippet that they can start implementing today and get great results? I'll go first because I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> so I'll go first and you, uh, you, can, you can follow me. So this, this little hack is, is really interesting. You can't do a lot with this data, but it shows how Performance Max uses top of funnel assets in order to drive sales. So we have an account that was running smart shopping and search, and they were having a real hard time breaking through spend and volume ceilings. So with smart shopping, they're in the pet supplies space. And since we've been running Performance Max, we've been able to increase spend consistently and stay within their ROAS targets. Because now we're adding YouTube videos, they have some great YouTube content that could just never get YouTube to work in its own, on its own in its own campaigns. So we're able to add YouTube content and display images and if you want to see how much approximately Performance Max is allocating to YouTube, you can get your average cost per view column and also your views column and just multiply those in one campaign. And we're, we see in this one Performance Max campaign, uh, Google's allocating over 35% to YouTube in this Performance Max campaign and still selling the same products. But now these products... With these products, it's able to go out, get people's attention at the top of the funnel, and give these products a story and and some color because a shopping ad on its own it really isn't that exciting. It's really it's really just based on when people have the intent and they're searching, they'll see a shopping ad, and if it catches their attention, you know, they might be customer ratings or the price or the image or whatever whatever it is. But it's still based on that search volume. So now with Performance Max, Google's like, okay, we need more top of funnel traffic. Let's unleash the YouTube videos. Let's unleash the display ads. And the amazing thing is, a lot of people may never click on those YouTube ads. They may never click on those display ads. It doesn't have to be direct response. But Google's paying attention to how many times they have to be exposed to those videos and those images to bring them down into the middle and lower funnel. So that's that's that that little hack there. If you just add your cost per views and your views, you can get an approximation of how much Google is allocating to YouTube. Dude, that's really brilliant. You're reverse engineering placement data. Yeah, like budgeting data, yeah. The, also the view rate, if you check the view rate, we typically see view rates on performance max even better than our dedicated YouTube campaigns, which is, I think it's just a, an example of how good the targeting has become. But yeah, that's awesome. That's like a great tip. I love that. Perfect. I'll go. So in July, all of your smart shopping campaigns are going to be going away. They're turning into Performance Max through an automatic upgrade, which just means whether you like it or not, it's going to be automatically upgraded for you. You're going to wake up one day and poof, now Performance Max. Smart shopping is 80% remarketing, 20% new customer traffic. That's how smart shopping works. You get a 
very expensive shopping click and then very inexpensive display remarketing clicks to average out on a low CPC and a high ROAS. Performance Max is the opposite. It is 80% new traffic, 20% remarketing. And what this means is that your smart shopping campaigns will not perform like the Performance Max campaigns will. So there's going to be a difference. A way to contend with this, with the loss of remarketing, is to start dedicated dynamic remarketing and YouTube remarketing campaigns in addition to your Performance Max campaign that is going to launch. And that is going to leverage the algorithm that knows the average time lag, how many impressions it takes per, to get a person to convert that you've been relying on for the last how many days, weeks, months, years in smart shopping. So when you launch your performance max and it does not do a good job at remarketing like your smart shopping campaigns did, launching a YouTube uh, remarketing, if you have YouTube videos, and a display remarketing, hopefully dynamic remarketing using a is going to supplement the loss of remarketing capabilities inside of performance max because you will you will lose that and if you have a long sales cycle or if it takes many pressures before a conversion happens you're you're going to lose that with performance max so make sure you launch those two supplementary campaigns to support what you're what you've been used to john do you think google is going to roll out something that allows performance max a greater remarketing capability long term or do you think this will always be necessary just curious I think it's always going to be necessary, but I like the fact that your performance max campaigns are not remarketing heavy because everyone knows in smart shopping, you add a whole bunch of money, ROAS dips, no sale, more sales come in because Google says, cool, I'm just going to remarket to these people harder. And you're like, no, I find some new traffic. Performance max will do that. It becomes much more scalable and it becomes much more, I guess, pipe filling <laughs> to fill the pipe with all the, the people who are either leads or sales. And that is what I need, and I'd like to rely on that. The remarketing I can take care of, but I really need this campaign to go find that cold traffic like I needed to. Yeah, John, I love that because I've seen a few comments floating around the grapevine recently. Advertisers saying, remarketing doesn't work with performance marks. And it's like, no, that's actually not true. So we have to use the campaign type uh, to get the most out of it in the way it's intended, but then make sure... We're running these supplementary campaigns, so we make sure we, we're fully remarketing as well. And a, and a quick pro tip, if you have a re, smart shopping did a really good job at getting return customers, so it would engage those previous purchasers. So my opinion would be, instead of just letting Performance Max try to get those, start two different types of remarketing, one to existing traffic that is not purchased, and another one to your existing customers. This way you keep your your cost of returning customer low, even using you know, automated bidding strategies that can help keep that cost low. But now you're also not mixing up the users between people who aren't customers and people who are customers because those are going to be different costs for acquisition. Do you guys have the, the new customer acquisition feature? I haven't seen that. I saw, it in, I saw it in a couple of accounts and then it was taken away. So I think that must still be rolling out. Let's definitely get into that in the uh, the heart of the show here. But no, good. Uh, two awesome tips right off the bat here. We're going to be getting into more Google Performance Max. Pretty excited to have uh, John Moran, Chief Strategist at Solutions 8, Nick Miller, Google Platform Director over at Tier 11 here today. And we're going to be getting into real-world results and how you can actually start up on Performance Max and integrate it into your campaign. So we'll be back right after this quick break. <laughs> 
Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. And we're back with Nick Miller and John Moran here to talk about Performance Max. Tell me a little bit about, let me just get into some, all right, we say like we're running all this traffic here. Like give us some results, like maybe like a, a snippet or two of customers that you transitioned over to Performance Max. And that's one of the biggest questions I think a lot of people have is how do I transition my Google ads over to Performance Max? Where do I start? We'll get into that next. But like talk to me about a specific industry. And I know, Nick, you talked about the pet supply, not medicine or pharmaceutical, by the way, FYI, and how important, like, uh, like the kind of results we've gotten in different areas. Like, John, I know you've gotten a lot of really good results in the e-com space. You guys are kind of known for that. Like, give us a little sampling of some of the results that you've gotten. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, another client that does hair restoration, and I can't go into too much details. It's a very well-known company. But before, they were running heavy brand and a bit of smart shopping. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is that smart shopping also will capture your brand traffic. So if you're Googling a brand, you're going to see the shopping PLAs, those placement ads. I think one of the, the biggest benefits that we've seen is the driving down of cost of acquiring a new customer, whether it's a lead or a sale. That's been a real benefit. I have one here that actually was emailing the white label partner last night. From January 20th, 2020 to November 20th, or November 1st, 2021, there was a million dollars in branded ad spend and only 108,000 in non-brand ad spend. And what's interesting about this is they're running smart shopping at the same time, but their cost of acquired new customer was $350 and one penny. So $350. Since launching Performance Max, our branded ad spend stayed essentially the same, but our non-branded ad spend only, we only spent $300,000. So instead of instead of $900,000 on brand, we reduced their cost uh, overall by $600,000. And our cost of acquired new customer is $165. Now it was cut essentially in, in more than half. And I think that's been the testament of Performance Max because it is so good at acquiring new cold traffic at all stages of the funnel, top, middle, and bottom, 
that when you're running on all seven networks, which is what Performance Max runs on, search, shopping, YouTube, display, discovery, GSP, local, you're going to find your avatar much easier and be able to repeat the impressions of your ads to them much more frequently than you would if you were trying to optimize a singular channel. So that I think is is a real good testament of of how Performance Max can really drive down probably one of the most important metrics of your business, yeah. which is cost of acquiring a customer. So a hundred thousand a year in branded spend. So for those of you not familiar, that is basically there somebody is Googling or looking for the brand name of either the product maybe the spokesperson, maybe the company, that kind of stuff. Kind of, that's pretty as bottom of funnel. Like the people have already sort of decided, yes, I know what the solution is. I'm solution aware. I'm your solution aware. I just want to find your damn thing on Google and like check it out a little bit more and then ultimately purchase. The, the best part is too, our ROAS was cut in half. So we went from you know, like a 550 ROAS to a two, about a 250 ROAS, but it's good. Wait, John, will you explain why that's good? Yep. So the return on ad spend is a metric that some people hyper-focus on too much. You know, a lot of times advertisers are even pressed by, by the business that they're, the, they're, they're clients. Hey, give me a ROAS above, above an X, which is return on ad spend. I put a dollar into Google. What do I get out? What is the return on that ad spend? And most people think, well, as long as that's high, I'm, I'm good. If 500, 600, 700% are amazing returns on the ad spend, but how you're getting that return matters. And so that's a, that's a metric that can be high, but if you're spending money on people only looking for you already, you're not going to acquire a new customer. You're just paying for the sale that you most likely were going to get anyway. So I think that that's something to think about where, you know, when you're looking at cost of acquiring a customer, my opinion is even more important than return on that ad spend. I think that's my favorite thing I've ever heard you say. It's like, <laughs> stop focusing on ROAS. People are obsessed with it. Yeah. ROAS and is I the know you, the perpetual traffic. Yeah. Or is CPL the new ROAS? I mean, in this case, we're talking about like you've reduced, you've actually done, in essence, sort of a disservice to your agency for the benefit of the customer. Like you're still spending your 100K on your branded, but now your 900K, which used to get you, you know, 350 CPA, now is a buck 50, I think it was. I didn't write it down fast enough. For one third of the, like, it's insane. Like now they're spending 300,000. So you've saved them and gotten new customers. At the same time, I mean, that's a remarkable result. And that 600,000 delta that's left over is going into CTV, you know, Hulu, like more additional cold traffic that is actually going to make my branded campaign that's still running even more effective. So just a reallocation of media spend is is super important. So, yeah, I, I, I guess the, the take home there is don't focus on ROAS, focus on on what they call a CAC versus LTV, cost of acquired new customer versus what the lifetime value is of that customer. And that is something extremely scalable regardless of what the ROAS is. Yeah. So in this case, this business, all right, I've got a million dollar media budget. Now you're just reallocating it in a smarter way just because of this new tool. That's that's business changing right there. And in that particular case on that like, how did you do it? And we'll get get to your example as well, Nick. But like, how did it? How did you sort of take them through that? They were already doing branded, non-branded search, sort of placement based, and all of a sudden, how did you introduce Performance Max into that particular customer? And, and how long did it take? Like, give us an idea of all that because it's a pretty remarkable. Case Absolutely. Study. 
so they were running only on one Google channel, which was search. A majority of their budget obviously was spent on their own brand name. And the the campaign previously was spending on very specific keywords that were good. There were there were decent keywords, but it wasn't effective enough. They were not introducing themselves to new customers. But intent based keywords plus the brand. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So just intent-based keywords, which is good. It, it'll do, it'll, it'll work. It'll work inefficiently compared to Performance Max. So when I joined the company as a vendor, the first thing that we looked, we looked through is what assets do they have? What sort of video, what sort of creative, what sort of imagery, what are they running on their social channels? How are they trying to introduce themselves to new customers on, on other channels besides Google? Because Google was simply just kind of, you know, left to the wayside. It was, it was, well, the ROAS is good. Let's not focus on that. So we did a, a large allocation of all of their all their media assets. So image and video specifically, they actually had a ton of influencer videos, which I thought was really interesting because that that model can be even replicated to via YouTube. If you have a good influencer video or, or a series of influencer videos and that influencer has given you permission to also use that in your own marketing, that is something that can be placed inside of Performance Max and have immediate results and feedback if your targeting is appropriate. So what we ended up doing was creating uh, 15 asset groups to start. And we used all of the same creative in each one of the asset groups. There are only about six SKUs. So we had to change the media a little bit based on what listing group, which is the products shopping ads that are inside of the Performance Max, what they call asset groups, which are kind of just like ad groups. It's just a group of, of ads, assets. And so we used influencer videos primarily because this audience is going to be buying from those influencer videos much more than a traditional YouTube, you know, highly produced, uh, like high, high production quality video. The influencers were much, much more important to our avatar. They were much more effective. So using in-action shots of the products, so kind of like lifestyle videos, but it's the product being in use, along with influencer videos, and then testing 15 different, what we call essentially targets, the audiences. And that's done through what they call the signals. The nice part about this is we're working through a large two-step test. One is I'm testing audiences to my creative, and then I'm going to be finding the audience that performs the best, and then I will test the creative again, a different creative, to the audience that is performing. So you're having a very large two-step test. We're about halfway through the test right now. We're still we're identifying the audiences. We have not even changed the assets yet, and we've already cut our cost for acquisition down in half. And I think that's because we had good, solid content to start with, but also we're engaging audiences on Google that have never been engaged before because it's in, before it was inbound search, high intent people going to Google looking for something, not, not more interrupter style marketing that was actually working fairly well for them on, on Facebook and Instagram. So when we tested those 15 different audiences, we found audiences that had the highest ROAS initially, because that's going to be my indicator that I found a good audience. And then we looked at what is the cost per acquired new customer in that audience. Those two you know, have to even out. And then we started to hyper-focus on them by pausing asset groups that were going to the other audiences that were not working. Obviously, it's just standard optimization. And then now that we're we're focusing on that audience, now we're creating new creative to say which which creative works better. And Google will actually tell you, you know, either there's three levels, look good and best. And those three those three creatives levels are going to give you, you know, give you the indicator of what type of creative is working towards that audience. And then we start cycling out those bad bad performing creatives for for new creatives and see if that's going to work better. But 
halfway through the test, it's already you know, showing immediate good feedback, which is amazing. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is, that's way too long for me to remember, I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a news service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. So the assets themselves, I mean, being able to upload assets that are really our top of funnel influencer type of assets that otherwise you probably would have tried to shoehorn into a like a YouTube campaign maybe and then try to optimize that based upon that placement. But you're uploading it all. Google, you go figure it out. And then we'll sort of measure like what all these individual asset groups. And for those of you who don't know, asset groups are basically like ad sets, like you said, each one might be slightly different. They might be based upon affinity, in-market, successful search terms, demographics, like all kinds of stuff. You can create lookalikes off your custom audiences, which have amazing match rates. Like the type of targeting that's now in Google is like, it's so amazing to me because it's the same feeling I got when I first saw Facebook in 2013 when the ads went into the newsfeed. And it's like, it's even better though as Kasim, you know, always says, it's like it, there is so much more learning behind it because it's Google, it's the internet as opposed to Facebook, which is an app. But like, so you do that, you have these assets, and in that particular case, you're uploading videos, headlines, descriptions, images, like all these things into in the same asset groups, and just figuring out, okay, we're going to sit back and wait a couple of weeks, see what works, what doesn't work, turn off the stuff that does doesn't then crank up the stuff that does in essence that's it yeah i think right well i think what what's interesting is people advertisers specifically whether you're an agency or whether you own a business whatever it may be you'll have to understand that it's no longer the day of well i click on an ad and i get a lead or a sale like hey what's the click the rate what's the conversion rate that is now becoming less and less relevant by the day if if you're in google ads i invite you to look inside your attribution page and look at a few things. One, how many interactions does it take usually before a sale takes place? And are there cross device conversions? And when I introduce this sort of uh, mindset to an advertiser or to a client, whatever it may be, it starts to, you'll see the narrative start to change. Like you'll see that 47% of all of your conversions took at least two ad clicks or more, or 8% of your conversions changed devices before they converted. Those people changed from their laptop to their cell phone or vice versa or to tablet before they converted. And also look at what they call the time lag, the days to conversion. And sometimes that's 12, 15, 27 days long. So I, I think the, the good narrative that people have to think about is how do you introduce, warm up and convert an audience? And that is how everyone buys things and and i everyone on this everyone listening out there in, in internet land right now would have to say no i've never just seen an ad like wow that's amazing i'm gonna buy one now 
and I'm going to tell my friends about it. Like it takes a while to understand, learn. You need to engage with the brand a bit. And Performance Max, when you're targeting an audience with those assets, you're showing them YouTube videos and then they're seeing the display ads and then they're being followed around by, by you know, shopping uh, dynamic remarketing ads. They're having multiple clicks, multiple interactions, and multiple engagements even before they before they buy, but uh, even before they click, they're getting those multiple interactions. So rather than trying to think about how can I be really good on a channel, it's how much good content can I put in front of Cosm to to um, to, to sell Cosm or something. And that's where I think the real benefit of and John, I lies. I just have to really focus on something you said there: cost cost per click and click through rate. Those metrics now are basically irrelevant in Performance Max because if Performance Max uses a lot of display, the click-through rates, it's going to bring the click-through rate right down. So even the term pay-per-click advertising, this has shifted the whole perspective around paying per click and click-through rate. Dude, what did, did Nick just change my life just now? I just realized... I've been calling. I've been calling us a PPC agency. We're not even a freaking PPC agency anymore. And I just know this. This is the moment, Nick. Thank you. I have an identity crisis. <laughs> Seriously, I hadn't actually thought about that. That's unbelievable. The way Google's charging advertisers, it's still paying per click, but it's so varied that we can't use it as a we can't use it as as a metric anymore. A useful, ac- actionable metric for performance max campaigns right, anyway. Performance max the rate is. I don't care what the cost per click is. I, I I really don't care. And that's the best part. Well, so can I put guardrails on that real quick? And, and, and John and Nick, you guys actually do this on a day-to-day basis. So I'm going to be a, an armchair strategist here, okay? But I, I, want you to, I want you to protect the listeners from me if I'm wrong. All of that data, all data outside of maybe, you know, ROI, but all, all of the, the data that we're referring to now is diagnostic data, meaning you go look at it when something's wrong, but you don't use it to optimize against. So it's data, it's like a blood test. It's like, oh, if something's wrong, I'm going to go do a blood test and I'm going to see what's wrong with the blood test. But I don't like, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to get my potassium up. Like, why? For what purpose? What's wrong? So I, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but I, I don't, I don't want to paint the picture that the data is entirely irrelevant because we still want to track it. I just want to keep people from pointing at it and saying, oh, that's the goal, because it's definitely not. I think that's what I was trying to say is I really don't mind. It's like, hey, cost per click went up 20%. It's like, yes, but everything else is amazing. So, you know, cost required to customers low, ROAS is high, you know, our spend is up, new, you know, whatever it may be. And you're correct. If I'm looking to see why something's happening, um, like, hey, we're not, we're not acquiring as many new customers as we used to. Aha, well, view rate on YouTube instead of performance max is down. Or my cost per click is too high, meaning it must be going to too heavy inbound search and, and, shopping and a lot less, you know, Gmail or YouTube or display or discover. So you're right. You, you use it as a diagnostic tool, or even you use it as a, as a mode of intent, where if I look to see my click, the rate is steadily increasing and my view rate is steadily increasing and my cost per click is steadily decreasing. I don't care if it decreases from 20 to 12 or five to four, if it is steadily trending in the right direction, I know I'm getting a good audience and the results are, are, so this is diving into minutiae here, but just for the sake of it, because that's kind of what we do, right? We want to get tactical. Wouldn't it stand to reason that the higher quality of the audience, the more expensive that audience is? Like Google's like, oh, I found out that this is the exact pocket I need to go into. So you're going to have way less visibility, but you're going to get way higher quality, but I'm going to have to 
we're going to pay more for that because it can be more competitive, for instance. I would actually disagree. I would actually say that the opposite. The higher quality the audience and the more conversions you get, I would say actually see sometimes uh, a less CPC, even a less. And here's what I mean by that is let's say your audience buys or converts really well. For example, let's say it converts really well from YouTube. Well, those are, let's say, half a penny to two pennies per view. And the click-through rate is fantastic. My cost per click could be 50 cents, 40 cents. And it might might be amazing. Do you think that's only because Performance Max is new? Like once every every business in every industry rushes to Performance Max, won't. Because here's what's going to happen is Google's like, oh, I'm selling you know hair replacement products. And right now they're selling hair replacement products for this one company who's running Performance Max. So now Google knows, oh, okay, these are the, the you know, Tom, Harry, and John all want hair replacement products. And so I'm going to go market Tom, Harry, and John. That audience isn't exclusive to your product, though. So once there's five more hair replacement product companies, Tom, Harry, and John are going to become commodities. They're, they're actually, interestingly, y'all, think about this. They're going to become commodities. We're going to be bidding on people the way you used to bid on key phrases. Well, I think the, the real thing that to think about is the sooner you can get into Performance Max, the better you're going to be. These campaigns are slow. They take six weeks from the date of launch before they're quote-unquote optimized, and then three weeks after any small change to be realized. The other thing that we will have to think about, too, is when you have a good performing campaign, your ad relevancy score is high, your quality score is high, your expected click-through rate is high, your landing page experience is high. All of those, all those metrics equal less CPC. It's less CPC. So what that means is, if you're in it first and you're targeting a good audience, that audience is becoming optimized. You can have the, you know, five other advertisers come in and try to figure this out, but you're already so well optimized that you kind of own that placement for for that audience. So you're going to, yeah, you're going to see your CPCs drive up a bit when you when you have more competitors. That's if they're also using the same signals as you are, very closely related to you. So in-market audiences are going to go crazy because everybody's going to go straight at in-market audiences. The other thing to think about, though, too, is wherever Google finds your purchasers or your leads, the channel is going to dictate CPC much more than anything else. If my if my purchases are coming from shopping rather than YouTube, you can expect a five times higher CPC so, on dude, shopping This is the YouTube. thing that scares me. And, 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 and somebody somebody stop me if this isn't interesting, Kay. But I, this is for me, this is like one of the things that I think really needs to be pointed out. Amazon. To, to use them as an example, Amazon, and this is proven now, I think, a uh, hundred times. You go, you create a product, you sell it on Amazon, it does really well. Amazon all of a sudden manufactures that exact same product down to the point to where the bullet points of the features of that product are the same, calls it Amazon Basics, sells it, steals your product. We know that's happening. Here's where Google, one example, John, that you and I have is we had a campaign that sells shelf-stable foods. Google came out and said, hey, by the way, just so you know, boating and sailing enthusiasts are buying shelf-stable foods. Google found that audience. We didn't. That's amazing. It's amazing. But what if our shelf-stable food client only has 1% of the market? Well, Google turns over to REI and they're like, hey, REI, you have billions of dollars in ad spend. We figured out that shelf-stable foods can go to boating and sailing enthusiasts. We figured out on the back of John Moran's campaign. So little mom and pop shops are paying to, to help Google learn who buys what but the beneficiary is going to, Google's going to steal that audience from you and then spread it across whoever's willing to spend the most amount of money. And I don't know how to guard against it. I think it's already happening. I think it's just an eventuality. Yeah. And especially if Performance Max is leaning on these top of funnel assets, the businesses that have the budget to just saturate the marketplace saturate that awareness then i hadn't thought about it like that carson but 
yeah, it's a really good point. It happened on Facebook. It, it absolutely happened on Facebook. So, I mean, you have a pet supply company and we're the first in market in 2013. And now every pet supply company and pet RX company and pet related company is learning off the data that was created in 2013 as the algorithm got smarter and smarter and smarter. It was 2000 data points back then. Now it's 55,000. And the 55,000 is because the algorithm learns from all the advertisers. It's the same sort of thing for like dynamic product ads for, for us. It's like, all right, well, we know that Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, we have the Facebook pixel and we've got a data feed or a, uh, a catalog on Dick's Sporting Goods for lacrosse sticks. So if you're a lacrosse seller, a local store, you're basically borrowing that data from Dick's Sporting Goods. Like we That's know good Facebook point, Rob, does it that. cuts both ways. Google also is using the billion sure. dollar ad spend to help figure out what avatars are buying for the smaller advertisers. Absolutely. Well, it, it, it's already like in smart shopping. The reason why in smart shopping GTIN was important, the reason why Google Merchant Center asks for GTIN is because they already know what type of audience buys that SKU. <laughs> it's, a, it's a barcode. So it says, hey, you're having a limited performance because you didn't put the barcode is. But if you're a me too, you're like, hey, I also sell, you know, Nike shoes. It's like, oh, cool. Here, congratulations. Here's your audience that we found from from Nike.com so on advertising. So I do I do think it cuts both ways. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And GTIN for our listeners, just if you're not a super shopping person, is I always forget what it stands for. It's a barcode. Yeah, it's like it's this product. Global tag identification number. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the universal number that everyone has to agree to that yes, that's the barcode for that product. Yep. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, good things to know here as we as we conclude. But no, it's so great to have you guys on the show here today. We're, it's I, My sus- suspicions, Cosm, is that this will not be the last time we have these guys on Perpetual Traffic, but this has been super amazing. And to be able to report back on even more successes and learnings for Performance Max, um, yeah, stay tuned and keep listening to Perpetual Traffic here. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Definitely leave a rating wherever you're listening to the podcast. And uh, let us know what we can do better as well. Head on over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. That's where you can get uh, today's show with all the show notes. All the resources and show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com. Follow uh, myself and Kasim over at Twitter. And uh, go back and listen to previous episodes. We've done a lot of these episodes. Go back and listen to those shows as a base. But we'll keep updating you with with uh, all the new things that are going on in Performance Max. Because obviously, we're pretty darn excited about it, aren't we? Awesome. Yeah. We would say, yeah, this is transformative. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 